Welcome to the Alpha Omnia podcast. John Kilmer joins us on this episode to talk about his film career, working with rapper Mike Studd, and his upcoming new movie, Primrose. I've been following Mike Studd since his first song, College Humor, which came out eight years ago, and John joined him shortly after that. He's the man that films all the music videos, and during Mike's early years, he was helping him with the beats and music, too. If you haven't heard Mike Studd's music, he's on Spotify, and the music videos are on YouTube. There's a lot of them, and they're all great. John is great at what he does, and he really helped launch Mike Studd's career with all these awesome videos. On their second tour, they started a docuseries documenting all of the ridiculous things that happened when a bunch of close friends tour the country performing and partying. It was a great way to let fans into their lives and really get to know them. So we talk about that during you know, this interview. We also really break it down how he started with film, how he and Mike connected, what touring is like. He let us in on some awesome, funny stories, the TV show Mike Stud that they did, and his new movie, Primrose. It was cool to have John on to really come on and talk about, you know, all the back stuff. Like, for example, during these touring borings, since they were filming everything, they'd be really hungover, were really tired, go into their next, you know, location to perform. And I was always wondering... Who the hell is driving this van? Like, these guys were out partying late last night. You can tell they're all miserable. Like, who got stuck driving the van with all the equipment, making sure they get to the next destination on time? So, John talks a little bit about that and, like, other things that go on when, you know, you're touring with your, you know, really close friends, best friends. And it was a lot of good insight. So, Mike Studd came out with a music video a couple days ago for his song, High Hopes. It's basically him just partying with a bunch of old ladies, and John makes an appearance in it towards the end. It's a little throwback to Happy Gilmore, and it's just, you know, these guys, they're cool dudes living out in L.A., living this entourage lifestyle, uh, rapping, you know, about girls, sports, you know, living life, pursuing your dreams, and, you know, just young guys living the dream. So it's awesome following them. Go check out Mike's music. You'll see all of John's work there. I'll also link it, uh, the music video, on my website, www.alphaomnia.com, under the guest page. I want to talk to you about Muggsy Jeans. Muggsy Jeans are the most comfortable men's jeans ever made. That's no exaggeration. These jeans are literally as comfortable as sweatpants. I'm telling you this as a true fan of Muggsy Jeans myself. In fact, they're only advertising with us because I reached out to tell them how much I love their jeans. The magic is in their Muggsy denim. Muggsy's founder, Leo, has spent five years working with industry experts to redesign the men's jeans from the ground up. Their jeans are made from high-tech materials like synthetic silk, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? All you need to know is that Muggsy jeans are so soft, breathable, and flexible, you won't be able to wear any other jeans again after trying them on. Muggsy has free and easy returns, so you have nothing to lose giving them a try. Do your legs a favor? Head to MuggsyJeans.com. That's M-U-G-S-Y Jeans.com to get your own pair of ridiculously comfortable jeans today. This is no joke. I did reach out to them to see if they'd be interested in advertising on our show because Muggsy Jeans are the only jeans I wear. I met Leo over a year ago, and we were talking with another one of my coworkers at the time, and the topic of jeans came up. We were talking about other things, but obviously talking with the jeans company. We got to talking. Leo asked me, what are some problems you have with jeans? I'm not making this story up. This 100% happened. And I say, you know what? I have the most trouble out of anyone in this world, I think, to find a pair of pants that fit me just right. And he said, go on, go on. I'm like, well, I like them tight, but not too tight. I don't like them skinny, but I also don't like them loose. And it makes it kind of hard with the way, you know, my hips are, my legs are a little bit longer, and, you know, just my body build. And he said, oh, yeah, that's fine. 
And then my coworkers like, what do you mean? So you don't want anything too baggy, but you don't want anything too tight. I'm like, yeah. He's like, and then Leo looks over. He's like, oh yeah, that's us. We got that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, look at that sign up there. And literally the sign said, not too baggy, not too tight. That, those are their jeans. So obviously I come home, I purchased a pair of jeans. It's, it was literally the only pair of jeans I wore out. They sent me a new pair of jeans and they are unbelievable. I wear them every time I go out. So I'm done wearing a, any other pairs of jeans. I'm done looking. They're very reasonably priced. They're actually great price. Like if you want a nice high-end pair of jeans, jeans are expensive. These are fairly priced, great material, very, very comfortable. I have no complaints. I'm never wearing any other pairs of jeans other than Muggsy. Why should you be denied the right to be handsome? Well, the guys over at Handsome Pills have come up with a simple solution for that. Handsome Pills are a multivitamin formulated with all the essential components needed to living a healthy life. Each component plays a vital role in repairing and restoring your hair, skin, and nails. Monthly subscriptions start at a low cost of $16.99 a month, available online at handsomepills.com. And for the whole month of October, you can use the promo code HANDSOMEOCTOBER for 15% off any order. So start living healthy, feel great, and most importantly, stay handsome. Let's go. Uh, I, I don't do this for fun. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da. We, we ain't playing with dun, da, da, dun, da, da. Dun, da, da, dun, da. Heart, my body and soul under your heart. My body and soul. <laughs> heart, my body and soul under your heart. My body and soul. Now let's go. Let's go. Ride with it, ride with it. Let's go. Let's go. Ride with it, ride with it. Let's go. Get jiggy, vibe with it. Let's go. Let's go. Now let's go. Let's go. Someone bless me, I got the holy water. Feel it through your body, yo, medulla, I've been got it. Baby, feel the bounce, I got it from my mama. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and welcome to the Alpha Omnia podcast. No problem, and how, how long have you uh, been doing it for? How many episodes have you got? This is going to be my 14th episode, so I've been doing it for... 14? Yeah, a month now, yeah. Cool, man, how's it been going? It's been going good, it's... Uh, it's Lots of ups and downs. Some weeks better than other weeks. I didn't really get into like a routine of things until last week where I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a new episode every Monday and Wednesday. Before, I was just like, all right, I'm going to try to get as many guests as I can and just launch the episodes yeah. as, you know, as much as possible. But I'm like, I'm going to burn myself out in a month or two doing that. So got more of a system down now. So it's nice. I like it. It's yeah, that's cool. great. Yeah. But cool, yeah. Man, congrats. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So let's uh, get started. You and Mike Studd are kind of, you know, partnered up together doing, you know, music, videos. But I want to hear how you got started with film. What sparked your interest, you know, however many years ago? Um, I was actually pretty lucky because um, my high school actually had a video program, which uh, I'm 30. So, like, when I was in high school, like, video, video like, programs in schools weren't very common because of just the technology and the, the cost of stuff like that to have in schools. So I was I was lucky for to you know even freshman year or sophomore year sometime around then I was I was lucky to get involved in programs like that in my school, and that kind of like just made me fell in love like immediately. So I, I started at a very early age, uh, you know, doing video stuff, and uh, I'd say probably like right right around when I was fourteen, and that you know I got my first camera and it just kind of took off from there. Nice. Awesome. Is there like people that you follow that you try to get like some creative work or were there people that you followed early on? Uh, no, early on, honestly, it was just me fucking around with the camera. So, it was, I mean, that's, that's kind of how most people fall in love with things. Yeah. Like, especially with, uh, you know, in the arts, you just kind of just 
start fucking around and just, you know, doing your own thing. And I, I, I didn't really, I mean, I, I didn't really fall in love with the craft of like film and stuff like that until a few years after that. But in the beginning, honestly, it was just, you know, me running around my house with a camera and just like having fun. That's the best way to do it. Just, you know, shooting all different types of shit. Me and my friends, we used to do that too. Just make the stupidest videos, but I didn't fall in love with it the way you did. And um, I would also yeah. wasn't very good at it either. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> we did the exact same stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it is funny thinking back, like me and my buddies, obviously like the show Jackass was really popular back in the day. And like, we, <laughs> I think even though that's at home, obviously we did it at home. And uh, <laughs> it's funny, like thinking back to making the videos with my friend early as you know, like eighth and ninth grade, and honestly, things haven't really changed now on making this kind of video, so it's really funny. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say that. Me and my friends, we did the same stuff. We did the jackass videos. We'd shoot each other with like paintball guns, but um, we would kind of fake it because we didn't actually want to get shot with fa- paintball guns, so we like acted like we were. I don't know. We just the dumbest videos. But yeah, the jackass was really popular. Those were our go-to. I just I gotta pull up those uh, videos somewhere. But yeah, that's yeah, also man, those are funny stuff. What about when you were in college? Did you keep on doing it? Yeah, I mean, by the time I hit college, like, I, I knew, like, immediately I was going to school for film. Like, I, I'm, I'm one of those annoying people that, you know, when I was applying for colleges, like, I knew my major, I knew the program I wanted, and, like, I, I chose a college specifically on that. I mean, like, I was, even even by, like, age 15 or 16, I was going to, like, film camps, film summer camps, which, like, sounds like the dorkiest thing ever, but I, I was doing it. Um, so by the time I got to college, I, you know, I, I just knew exactly what I wanted and I kind of just immersed myself, uh, you know, in, in doing film, like the second I got there. Uh, that's awesome that you found like your niche, what you wanted to do early on, you were able just to pursue it right away. And that gives, you know, you an advantage because a lot of people, they think they know what they want to do in their 15, 16, but they have no idea. Yeah. And you were able to just attack it and you're living it now. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. If anything, like, I, if anything, like, I, I, I think to a disadvantage, I, I was interested in too many things because I kind of followed music just as much as I did with film. Uh, I didn't study uh, music like classically or anything, um, you know, in in higher education. But uh, I, I was kind of like just stuck on both uh, from like a super early age. So, so yeah, it was it was kind of like a gift and a curse at the same time. Yeah. So then after college, um, is that when you and Mike Studd connected? Because I know you also toured with Steve Aoki and um, Kendrick Lamar, right? Yeah, that was, that was an opportunity that happened like a few years after I graduated. But what, once I graduated uh, college, I went, I went to Hofstra University. It's like right in Long Island, New York. Uh, basically, it's like the New York school for film kids who couldn't get into NYU because my, <laughs> my grades weren't too great. Um, I kind of did the whole fraternity thing in college. So that kind of set me back a little, <laughs> uh, and then high school, like my grades weren't great enough to kind of get into, um, you know, like a premier school like NYU. But anyways, I, I went to school in Long Island and then, um, when I graduated, I moved to right to New York city. I, I had like a handful of internships. Um, I was working for like a sound design studio for like, uh, for film and, and commercials and video games and stuff like that, which was kind of interesting. And I was a personal assistant for a multi-platinum hip-hop producer, which, like, I thought that was kind of interesting, too. So I had, like, this, like, really cool, like, multifaceted, um, like, internship experiences right out of college, right out of the gate. And at the same time, simultaneously, I was starting my own company uh, because I knew I wanted to be a music producer. I knew uh, 
I sort at the time I sort of wanted to do music videos, but I was kind of more in like the music side of things. And you know, I I, I met I met Mike not too long after that, maybe like a year after that. Uh, I kind of reached out via email um, when he had one or two songs out, and I just uh, asked if he wanted to work. I sent him some beats, and you know, we kind of made a song from there, and that's how kind of everything started. Yeah, because I was going to ask if you you came on after College Humor, right? Yeah, he had, he had uh, uh, at that time Mike had College Humor and he had uh, In This Life, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at, that that was the time of the music blog and I was going on all like those, you know, good music all day and you know, all, the, all these music blogs. And, you know, I started to see Mike's stuff pop up and uh, I was like super interested, you know, like, I got, I felt like he'd be an artist that I'd really like to work with. Yeah. I've been following you guys since I've been following Mike since college humor. Uh, I don't know how the mm-hmm. video popped up and I think I watched it when it had like over a hundred thousand views. It was probably 60 or whatever. And so very beginning. Yeah. And then I remember that you, when you came onto the scene a little bit and although, you know, the music videos were dope still, the visuals became a lot better. I'm like, all right. They, and then I saw your uh, logo, the John Kilmer studios, the purple logo, you know, whatever pink that would always pop up at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the music videos. I'm like, all right, this, yeah. you know, they connected. They're about to start grinding now and they're about to make some, you know, moves here because the music's dope but you also need the video to go with it because that's what gets viral. People love, you know, cool music videos and they associate the music with the video and vice versa. So yeah, that's kind of, I feel like you guys both helped each other launch each other's career. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's been great watching you guys grow and we'll get into this in a moment with touring's boring and, you know, going on tour, all the music, Mm -hmm. but dude, it's been journey. And, um, you know, I'm happy to see it all come together because at the beginning you never really knew. And especially with those videos, when you guys were touring the country in a minivan, it's like, how the hell do they fit so much stuff in a minivan? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like we, our, our our ride has been pretty wild because it's, you know, it's progressed, it's progressed uh, slow enough where we've, we've been able to appreciate every step of the way. Um, you know, nothing, no success really didn't fall into our lap immediately. So, um, it's it's been fun to kind of just see the progression and and, and it's cool to like in the beginning honestly like I, I wasn't just doing videos like i was i was like you know recording a lot of the stuff uh you know I, I opened my first recording studio in new york city probably around like 2013 and you know those years we were like really grinding because you know i was recording the music i was shooting the videos um so you know it's it's really progressed since then where now i can kind of focus mainly just on the video stuff yeah and that's awesome i mean it's and you guys have made, you know, huge strides. You moved to L.A., which, you know, we'll get to whatever. But and the music mm-hmm. is, you know, now you guys are coming out with music all the time. The videos are still getting better and better. So you're, you know, learning kind of as you go, not, you know, learning your craft, perfecting your craft. So it's awesome to just mm-hmm. see it all. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about touring. How was, uh, you know, just from the beginning to now, like when you guys first went on tour, what was that like? Like, what was the setup like? <laughs> How big were the shows, um, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, I'd say, that, so like, I, I'd say like, I jumped on with his shows like pretty, pretty much in the beginning. Uh, I know he was doing like a little bit of touring before I hopped on. Uh, it wasn't a, a lot. So like, I'd say like within the first year, I, I jumped on. And, you know, first it was like just a couple of shows, you know, not, not touring necessarily per se, but like just doing shows like, you know, one in New Jersey, one in New York, like stuff like that. And then when we, when he eventually like had the fan base to go on a national tour, uh, it was like, 
we're talking about like in, like renting a suburban and just driving around the country type of stuff. And, uh, and, and, you know, like every city you go, you have like one or two shitty hotel rooms, you're cramming like, you know, three, three guys in a room and, you know, it's, it's, it was a grind for sure. And like, it's those, those early years were definitely fun. Like the shows, uh, you know, it could be anywhere from, you know, 30, 40, 50 people to like one, 200 people. And, uh, you know, you're playing these shitty bars and you know, it, honestly, like looking back, it was, it was some of like the best times. You guys start somewhere. I, um, I follow a lot of up and coming artists now just cause I'm really interested mm-hmm. in the hustle and yeah, that's what a lot of people are doing. They go to like, you know, these shitty bars and who knows how many people are going, but like, you gotta get, you gotta get yourself out there. If you don't do the shitty shows first, you're never gonna get the big ones. And, um, I saw the Travis Scott video. I think Barstool Sports posted it earlier this week of him performing in front mm-hmm. of 20 people five years ago and now selling out arenas. And, you know, just- <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's like, just to think back at that, like, especially like going from city to city year after year and like just watching the growth. Like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really cool stuff. Yeah. And then you guys started Touring's Boring, the, like, the docuseries on YouTube. Well, that was uh, the yeah. second tour you guys did, right? Or was it the first one? Uh, no, it was. It definitely wasn't the first because I, um, I know that I was. I remember, like, sh- I think I don't think Tori's Boring came out until like 2013, 2012, 2013, something like that. So like, there was like a year before that where like I was filming shows, and like we didn't really know how to package like the video, you know, for for touring and stuff. Like we didn't really know like what what it was yet. We were we I was just kind of just shooting video and like we were putting little videos on the internet. And then like I think yeah, I think it was like the second tour. Um, you know, just <laughs> we start, we started shooting like these funny like, you know, confessionals after the after like the night talking about the night and like it just kind of clicked like immediately that like we had like this really funny, you know, idea for uh, for touring videos. Cause you know, every artist, every artist was making a tour video. Uh, and like, they were kind of all the same. It was kind of just like these like collage of video clips of them at their shows and to music. And like, it wasn't anything. And maybe they were vlogs, but they weren't like, they didn't really have like a, uh, anything unique about them. And I feel like that's kind of where we kind of broke the barrier where we made this cool music, uh, touring, series that like kind of had character to it and it kind of like got you like got you to uh you know introduce introduce like the audience to all of us instead of just mike and uh and yeah it's the the beginning was like was was a blast a lot of fun yeah no i remember when you guys first started and i loved i watched every single one i and you know i always looked forward to it when they came out and i still watch them you know every now and then you guys haven't been on tour for a little bit but you know i still like watching them but i thought looking back on it it's a genius way to let your fans into into your lives uh so they get to know who you are i mean they love following you guys Mm -hmm. they love everything you guys do and this is just more of the same kind of content you know like damn these guys are drinking on stage and back in the party bus and then like they're super drunk at night then like the confessions that you said always so damn funny you guys probably didn't even know what you were saying until the next morning and um (laughs) yeah like honestly honestly like i I remember now like it it started the whole thing started is because um like the first show of like our second tour, we were in somewhere in upstate New York and it might've been Ithaca or something like that. I think it was Ithaca and our DJ, DJ Fader got like completely annihilated, like super drunk, which is like really out of character for him. Cause like at the time, I think even like for even, uh, even now, like he, he's our tour manager and our DJ. So like 
he's in charge of like getting the money at the end of the night, like, you know, like having the conversations with like the, the, the responsible promoters. stuff. Yeah. 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 Like anything that's responsible, like it, it's, it's, it's him. And like, we trusted him because like, that's what he does. And he, you know, right first show out of the gate, he just gets completely shithoused. And he, he lost the car keys. He didn't get the check from the promoter. Like we didn't get paid. And I'm just videotaping all this, like, you know, thinking it's fucking hysterical. And the next day, like, we're just like talking about it on camera and, you know, we're being like super sarcastic, like, oh yeah, like last night went great. We can always count on DJ Fader. Like he's super responsible. Like I was counting on him. And, <laughs> and once we started putting all the footage together, like it, we were like, oh my God, like this is like, this is really, it, it's almost like we're, it's almost like we're filming in the office, but like on in like a tour, yeah. in like a tour scenario. Like yeah, it's really, it, it was just like it, it kind of clicked like right after that. Then, oh, yeah. then we're like, we knew we had something. My yeah. favorite part is it was organic. You guys weren't putting on a show. This is who you guys are. Like you guys are just out there having fun. You know, taking it day by day. <laughs> um, how, yeah. when you guys were doing like the little tours, you know, like you said, you rent the suburban, whatever. Who? would end up driving the car. I always wondered that. Like who is in shape oh, to drive this car right now? That's DJ Fader too, man. Like he I'm telling you, like he was the glue back then. Like without him, like we wouldn't we wouldn't get to where we needed to be. We wouldn't wake up in the morning. We wouldn't get to the shows. Like he's <laughs> DJ Fader is like the reason like touring succeeded. Even now. Like he <laughs> I remember days where like, you know, we'd wake up in the morning and like I'd be, I'd be like in some sorority house and like blue would be off in like some house in town and Mike would be going elsewhere. And like, he would have to, Fader would have to drive around every morning, just picking people up from wherever they're at just so we can get to the next city. (laughs) And, uh, you know, honestly without him, like just none of it would have happened. None of it would have worked. You need that without that. It's like, how many shows would you have missed? You have no idea without him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, like I, I, I swear to you, without DJ Fader, like we would have missed a lot of shows. Yeah, and like <laughs> he, 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 he saved us. He saves us a lot. That's great. <laughs> you need the glue guy. He's the glue guy. That's what you need. That's awesome. Because I always wonder. He is, like, yeah. I'm like, because you guys would post something up on social media. You guys drinking late at night, and then I think you guys would like post the touring's boring video of you guys driving the next day, and I'm like, how, how, who, like who, who's doing this? So. That's, you know, lifelong yeah, question. I'd, right I'd there. Say like, yeah, all the way up until like 2014, like he was driving us and, and tour managing and DJing. So like he That's was wild. crushing it. Awesome. What's the craziest part of being on tour? Uh, um, I mean, I would say, all right. So like, I'd say for me, like, obviously like, you know, I'm, within like the Mike stud umbrella, like I'm, I'm, I'm known, like people know who I am, but outside of that, like, you know, I'm just, I'm a fucking normal guy. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I don't consider myself famous by any means whatsoever. And I think the craziest part is like once a, a guy like me, uh, who, when I go on tour with you know, doing the Mike stud stuff, it's like, it's, it's honestly like I become famous in that time. You know, because I'm going to these shows and where everyone knows who, you know, we all are. And it's, you know, it's it's just like, it's it's really like weird to go from like a very like normal lifestyle to like going on the road and just being uh, completely idolized for like a month or two months at a time, every single city you go. It's like going to like a, it's like going to a party that's like held in your honor every night for like two months straight. And like, for me, like, that's like, 
<laughs> it's it's like it's weird it's weird and awesome you know it's like it's really it's just like a really interesting uh like dichotomy to go from you know normal life to that uh you know a snap of a finger yeah I, it's it's probably like an adrenaline rush you know a thrill that every single night you guys go out there on stage and all these screaming fans you guys are drinking having fun and then afterwards you're partying like i mean i can just imagine that you know that thrill so I, um... Oh yeah, and if anything, if anything, it's ruined concerts for me because you know when when you're touring, like you show up to a venue and like everyone treats you nice because it's like your night and like you get you know they give you a bunch of free stuff, you drink for free, do whatever you want, and then you know when you go to a concert and you're like as like an audience member, it's like oh shit, like <laughs> I'm on the other end of it now and like I can't do whatever I want, and like yeah, it's it's, it's just it's, it's funny to just be on the other end of things, you know? yeah. Uh, what about your favorite city? Um, yeah, that's tough. Like I've, I've kind of like notoriously loved, um, Iowa, like Iowa city, uh, just because it's, it's just like, just like a beautiful, beautiful college town. And, uh, yeah, every time I think Iowa city is like the only place where we've continued to play the same venue every single time we go there even to this day that's called the uh the blue moose tap room and it's just like this like like incredible like little shit house bar like 700 person room and like we've been playing it like literally for seven years and and every time we go there like it's just like uh it's just awesome you know i, I if, if you check out like the last Torrings born where we went there i think it's called like iowa liddy or something like we literally roll up at like noon and I just like fire out a tweet. I'm like, all right. And then I was city, like I'm ready to fucking party. Like who's <laughs> down. And like people just hit me up to just like, just party through the day up until the show. Like I, I don't even remember that day. I like, I got off the bus and I just met up with, you know, random people. And we just drank up until the show. I think I showed up late for the show. Uh, I rolled in as it was happening. <laughs> uh, so like cities like that, like I just fucking love, like just, it's not like an overwhelming city. It's, it's the Midwest. It's, it's a college town. It's like a nice community, like great people. So I, I would have to say, uh, I have to put my money in Iowa city. Yeah. It's those hidden gems that, you know, you would never imagine people talk about like these big, nice places. Like I want to play there or I've played here, you know, and that's my favorite place. But it's, I feel like it's the small little places where you can really get the community together. And then especially if you go back every single year and you guys kind of have that fan, fan base there that loves you guys that, of course you want to go yeah. back there, you know, and it's, it's that connection. Yeah. And, and, and to kind of like dial back, to dial back to your previous question of like my favorite part about touring, like, uh, I mean, I think the obvious answer is that I get the opportunity to, to travel around and like see the entire country and go to places that I normally wouldn't go. Cause you know, like we're, we're going like, sometimes we're going to cities that you, you've never even heard of. And like the only bar in town is like the one at Applebee's and it's like, you know, like I would never in a million years, you know, go to places like this if it wasn't for touring and, and for the job that I have. So like, the, and, and, you know, meeting people there is even better. So that's, that's definitely up there with one of my favorite things about tour as well. Yeah. Uh, and what about your best story? Like the wildest thing <laughs> oh, that's geez. happened. Yeah. Wildest thing that happened. Uh, I mean, we could be on the phone for like <laughs> for hours. I actually, uh, I've, I've recently like, I've recently, uh, been trying to like write like a, a book of like all my stories just cause I have so many of them. And like, I, I started journaling back in like 2015 when we moved to LA 
and even then, like starting in 2015, like I just, I have like, you know, like pages and pages and pages of the stories of things that have happened. Uh, and like, I try to even think back beyond that to the early years and like, it's, that could be a whole nother book on its own. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, because I remember, so think of like, <laughs> I went to Mizzou and I, you guys came, um, to Columbia, Missouri, I think it was like 2014, 2015. So it was my senior Again, year. Mizzou, one of my, one of my favorite places like that. Yeah. Another great fucking college town. Yeah. The blue note, um, that you guys were playing at and I couldn't come to the show. I think I was working or something and. Someone, yeah. one of my friends did go and they're like, yeah, John left like halfway through the show or left early. I'm like, what do you mean? He's the one who films all the shows. What do you mean? He left? He's like, I don't know. I think he left with two, two girls or something. I don't know. He, he just left. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> How did the filmer leave the damn show early? <laughs> And I was yeah, just that must have been like how, how long ago? How long ago was this? 2014, 2015 school year. So I don't know. Okay, yeah. So I don't know if it's the fall or irre- spring. <laughs> yeah, those are my irresponsible years where like I did stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, speaking of Mizzou, like you could literally like name any city, and I'll give you a great story. So I'll give you a good Mizzou story. Um, all right, so like I remember, I don't quite remember when it was. I want to say maybe like three, four years ago, um, a girl who like I was talking to like over the years that I just knew from tour, uh, asked if I wanted to, uh, I think she actually flew me out to, to Missouri to spend a weekend in the zoo. Cause I guess like she went there and she was graduated at the time. And she's like, I really want you to come to the zoo to come visit. And we're going to like go to the football game and like party there all weekend and stuff. So I, I did it. I went with her. Um, and <laughs> I think like, one of the nights, I think like the, you know, the group Time Flies? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, it may have been that night they had a show at the Blue Note, and I'm buddies with those guys, Kellen Reds, great guys, and uh, we went to the show, and I just remember getting so completely annihilated on Fireball with with this girl and all her friends, like just completely lights out drunk, and and I, I remember like my last memory being at that show at the Blue Note, and then when I woke up, I woke up on a bench on campus while it was raining while students were walking to class at like 7 30 a.m completely closed (laughs) and and i literally woke up the woke up to getting rained on uh in the middle of campus sleeping on a bench and (laughs) i just thought like at the time like i mean there had to have been students on my campus that knew who i was and i'm sure like there's pictures pictures floating around of just me like completely passed i don't even know how i got there um, but that's that, I mean, that was like, that was a really fun time to do. Yeah. Uh, and especially like, what's that bar called? 10 below 10 below. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of my, all my friends listen to this and we all went to Mizzou and they're going to crack up <laughs> that you said 10 below right now. <laughs> so like, I, yeah, I mean, I used to, I used to date a girl from Mizzou years ago. Um, she graduated as well, but like, I remember when I used to go to 10 below, um, <laughs> I would feel like the man there because like you can get bottle service there for like a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. hundred like, bucks. I, yeah. And like as a college kid, that's a lot of money. But like at that time when I was like 25, I'm like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Let's get two bottles. Like I, <laughs> I'm like, I felt like the fucking man. Um, but like, man, I've had some, like some really great times in 10 below. Yeah. No, <laughs> my friends. Uh, yeah. Cause, um, you know, now we live like in bigger cities and yeah, like you said, bottles are more expensive. Whatnot. You go back to 10 oh, below yeah. and they're like hundred bucks for a bottle. You're like I would spend this on two drinks like back in Chicago or whatever. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'll take all and of I hear, them. 
Is that uh, is that bar uh, Bengals not there anymore? No, so they uh, broke it down. Uh, Bengals legendary spot, by the way. Uh, they broke yeah, it down. I, I had a great time at Bengals too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they broke down Bengal and they built a place called my house but it's kind of, it's not like a college bar anymore you know like how like harpos and bangles are like they had like that college feel the new bar they built yeah. is more like a more like an upscale like city type of feel vibe and it's more expensive so it's i don't know people love it now but it's, it's different I, I like you know if you're in the in a college town like that like iowa city or columbia or bloomington whatever i like the college bars you know and like the cheap drinks whatever yeah and it's not that they changed it up which sucks but yeah, but yeah, Bengals, man. I'm just uh, great times. I, I'm a, that's hilarious that you just mentioned those places and ten below because we would always, you know, joke around. Oh, what are we doing tonight? Oh, ten below, ten below every single night. It's like, dude, I'm sick of ten below. <laughs> Can't go there anymore. <laughs> yeah, hey man, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Like Mizzou, like top five city for me for sure. Like it's like places like Iowa City, Mizzou, like Morgantown, Virginia. Like those, those are my bread and butter. Like I, I love those college towns. Yeah. They're just small. They're beautiful towns and, you know, great vibe, good people. And that's, you know, that's all you need. But, um, yeah. So yeah. then after that, you guys uh, decided to start a TV show. This is Mike Studd. What was the process behind that? Did they approach you guys? Did you guys approach them? Because this was kind yeah, of built so, off of Torrance Boring, <laughs> right? Yeah. We never, we, like, for starters, we never decided to have a TV show. It was, like, the longest, longest process ever. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember, like, when it started happening, but... Obviously, like Touring's Boring web series, like kind of took off, um, kind of like right off the gate. People really loved it, and I'd say like after like maybe two years of doing it, maybe around like 2014, we started uh, getting plugged into like certain meetings to like different um, production companies and networks and stuff like that. Just just like sit down meetings, like just of people who like either. Uh, in the industry who set us up for those meetings or people who are interested just to like, you know, see what kind of path uh, it could take. And finally, um, there was a production company that, you know, like really, really liked us and they decided to um, make a pilot with us, which is like a, just like a first episode that doesn't necessarily like go anywhere. It's just used to like pitch to networks to just show like who we are and like what the show would be about. So we did that. And, uh, honestly, like the pilot wasn't, wasn't what we wanted it to be. It was, they were kind of like trying to make it like a Jersey shore, but like touring type of thing. And like, not really like what we were going for. Not, it's not what Mike was going for anyways. I didn't give a shit. Cause like, I just wanted to be on TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, we kind of like butted heads and like eventually we like decided on a, uh, on a direction for it. And <clears throat> eventually a uh, small, a lot of networks were interested, but we decided to go with the smaller network, which was uh, Esquire Network, because uh, they were more willing to kind of give us creative, not creative control, but like just give us a lot more input than we would have if we went like an MTV per se. So that's kind of like uh, when we finally got like our our TV deal with Esquire Network, uh, you know, like it was it was kind of set up perfectly for us because like we got kind of got to decide like where what direction the show was going to go rather than it being like you know some you know, trashy reality shows. What was, um, so I want, I'm, I'm trying to get the, like the creative process. So then you guys, all right. So you guys are Esquire network. And then what are you guys like deciding in these meetings to do the show? Or are you guys kind of like, you know, just winging it? Let's like, just day by day. Or cause you said you have more creative freedom, more creative control. So are you guys planning yeah, out these so, episodes so like, or? Yeah. The way these work is like, you know, we don't like, obviously we have, we had input. And in a lot of cases, like you, 
the the talent would have zero input. Like if you're working with a, a huge network like NTV, it's like they're going to put everything together and they're going to film it for you and you're going to have no, no say whatsoever. And they're just going to put it together like the best they can to get, you know, the most viewers. Like that's, that's what they're going to do. Um, the, the, uh, the relationship we had was like much different where, you know, obviously the production company put together like an entire crew uh, of probably like, I don't know, like 10 to 15 people on any given day that would tour with us. And, you know, there'd be like multiple cameramen and just crew members and, you know, sound guys. And, uh, and, you know, it was their job to kind of capture what was happening. And in the end, you know, turn it into a story, which ended up being an eight episode season. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, we, we like, we got to kind of surpass like a lot of the bullshit that happens in shows like this. Uh, like for instance, um, when you watch reality shows and like they're doing like sit down interviews, um, and on any reality show you watch, those interviews are completely scripted. Like they are handed a script and like they're saying what they're being told to say, even though it's supposed to be like an interview. And, you know, with our show, like they would hand us a script and we'd be like, nah, like, like we could like literally say no and say like, we're going to say what we want to say and they'd be fine with it and they'd make it work, which is like would never happen in a million years, like with, with major networks ever. So like, like just like little things like that. And like when, like just to have like that type of freedom and, 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 uh, on the editing side, like when they started sending us drafts, first of all, like talent would never get drafted edits for episodes ever either. Like that's like very uncommon. So like we were getting like eight, nine rounds of edits per episode, which is like, great. We got to give her input. And like, for instance, like they're putting in some stuff in me that was like, outlandishly inappropriate <laughs> and i'm like my parents are gonna see this like absolutely not and they'd be like okay yeah, that's fine and they'd take it out like that like that stuff doesn't happen uh in reality television so like in in that sense the creative process was like in our favor and that's why we went to the network like that yeah i see that that's a theme with you guys like every i feel like every decision you guys make it's you guys want to have full control of what you guys do you guys i feel like that's why you guys haven't really jumped on with a label either it's just because they're going to start making you guys do things you guys don't want to do you know um start making music maybe you guys don't want to make and then you're like well this isn't us this isn't authentic to us the brand the you know this huge this fan base we've created and you know i have a lot of respect for that because you know i'm sure you guys are leaving a lot of money on the table because you can easily go sign one of these big contracts and, you know, be set, but it's not like what you guys want to do. It's you guys have this vision and you're pursuing the vision. Yeah. You know, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's two ends of it. Like Mike, Mike is like, I, Mike is like the most authentic person, uh, especially when it comes to his career. Like he'll, cause I mean, he knows, he knows like he has kind of like a cultish, like, you know, hardcore fan base. And like, that can be, you, know, you just have to be like really, careful with what you do because the second you become not authentic then you know like you know what are you doing because that's how you got big in the first place yeah so and then and then on the money side of things um yes and no like it like it's such a gamble to to sign like some of these record deals man like uh that's why like a lot of people are are going towards being independent because like you know, at, at, signing a big record deal yeah, is nice, but at the same time, like those guys, like they're not making a big percentage of what, of what they're getting, you know, like even if they're going up to Noah Dorati, they're not necessarily making more money per se. This I'll, I'll leave it at that. 
No, yeah, I saw a stat. It's some something like the music uh, industry made eighty billion dollars last year, and something like seven percent of that went to, actually went to the artists, and most of that money that went to the artists <laughs> came from touring. And it's like, all right, so they're making all this music, and they don't even get money <clears throat> off that. They need now travel the country to make some money, and it's like most of the money's going to the big label. And when I read that, that's kind of when it clicked with me. I'm like, oh, that's why like. Art, artists like Mike Studd, like you guys, and you know other independent artists, like that's why you guys don't sign because it's you're just making money for someone else, and it's so much money, and there's so much work that goes into. It. And yeah, they might help you a little bit, you know, in the short term, but it's like in the long term, they're screwing you. Yeah, it's uh, it's like very unfavorable deals, and uh, I'm sure it's worked for some artists, but you know, it, it, for the most part, it's uh, if you can do it yourself, you should do it yourself. Yeah. When you guys are making music, these videos. What's the that creative process like? Uh, you know, I know you're the audio engineer, so you're making you know the beats and Mike singing. But is it like does he tell you like, hey, I, I kind of I'm feeling this vibe, or do you create the beat first and then he you know puts music to it? Like, what's that process like? Um, well, just to specify, like I I probably haven't I haven't been in the, like I haven't probably been his uh, audio engineer. Oh, I like, thought you're still doing a that. while. Like, oh, okay, like no, no, no. So like I mean. Like, that's what I was saying before, like, in the beginning, like, when I had my studio in New York, and, like, he didn't really have, like, a a team, per se. Like, it, you know, he obviously, he was rolling around with Blue and DJ Sater, and, and then, really, like, I, it was, like, I was the next guy. And, you know, I was kind of the, the creative person to kind of, uh, that had the, you know, the skill level to kind of do all those things for him. Like, uh, you know, like, record all his music and and you know shoot all the videos and, and do all that kind of stuff that's that's how we were able to put out like weekly content back then with just us uh, now now it's uh, i i am just strictly uh doing visuals and you know although i'll have input because we have our recording studio right in our house and that's where mike works out of uh like 99 percent of the time so like you know we'll always be there for creative input for him um but now like i'm definitely more um specifically doing videos so then what's that process like? Like, so music comes out and you're like, all right, this is what we're doing for this shot. Or does Mike kind of have an idea? I know you guys did that, uh, the music video in uh, Hawaii, which was super dope. I feel like something like that is kind of, you know, maybe just winging it. Like, yo, we're in Hawaii. We need to shoot a dope music video. But the other music videos, how mm-hmm. do you guys come up with the ideas behind it? Because honestly, they're, they're amazing. I love watching them. And it's like a story, you know, and. I don't know. I just, everything that you guys come is, it's great. You know, you guys never disappoint. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a collaborative process for sure. I mean, it's, uh, besides Mike and I, um, we also had worked with, uh, Patty Quinn who did like a lot of the earlier videos. He did college humor and in his life and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he's actually, he's living with us now in our house in LA. And now like for these next round of visuals, like we've just all been, all three of us have just been kind of like attacking it together. Uh, which has been like an awesome collaboration because like creatively we're also different and uh, we can kind of bring like a lot of stuff to the mix. So like it's, it's different every time with like with who comes up with the ideas and how it's executed and stuff like that. It's been different, I think, for every single video we've done in the past six months. Um, but just to, just as an example, like uh, the next video we have coming out in a couple of days it's for a new song that hasn't been released yet. And when when Mike heard the song, he's like he came to me and was like, oh, I want to make I want to make a video, this song of me rapping with a bunch of old ladies in a mansion. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I, I then like went off to find out wh- what mansion we're shooting in, which old ladies we're going to shoot with and what film crew we're going to, we're going to use and work and collaborate with. So, uh, 
And then once we, then once we got all those things, you know, we went to shoot and like, you know, Patty would direct it and I would help direct it. And then now like we're in the editing process, we're like, I'll edit a rough cut and then Patty will take it and he'll like, he'll like put his spin on it. And then like, I'll take it. So like, we're, we're literally just like collaborating every, every step of the way through when it comes to these visuals, uh, which, which is great. You know, it's, that's how they come out the way they come out. Yeah. Can't say no. The music video you guys came out with, uh, I think it was last Friday. So damn funny. <laughs> yeah. Like that, like that, for example, like we, like we all, we all worked on that like, not, like a lot for a long time because like, you know, like we're not, we're not like a lot of times, like we'll hand videos off, like to do certain things like special effects and we can't do it ourselves. But like for that one, like I'm not a special effects guy and like Patty's not a special effects guy, but like we still sat there, we still sat there for hours, like 10 hours a day, like trying to figure out how to get like a, a Barbie doll's mouth to move to yeah. the lyrics, like that type of stuff. So, so like, you know, like that type of stuff's great. So it's, it's a blast. Yeah, I've been playing around a lot with Photoshop lately too, like trying to figure everything out, you know, for my stuff. And mm-hmm. that's when I watched that video, I'm like, how do they get the mouse to move like that? Like that's got to be such a long and hard process. And it's throughout their entire music video. I'm like, this probably took them a long ass time to figure all this out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I, I kind of, I remember like after a few days of working on that, um, I was talking to Mike and I was like, dude, I can't even look at your mouth right now because I'm <laughs> fucking sick of looking at it. <laughs> Cause I've just been putting it on a fucking Barbie doll for the past 16 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a music man, video like, like that yeah. is so different than the end, which is also a new one. And it's like, it's these two yeah. opposite spectrums. Cause you have these dolls having <laughs> sex and which is so damn funny. It's not just that <laughs> there's other stuff going on, obviously, but then like the end is more of like a, serious song um you know how do you go from like two extremes almost they're opposites it's like how how can you think of this idea from your last one yeah see that's like where the collaboration comes that's, in yeah. that's that's why it's great having a guy like patty here because you know he he and i are so different you know like he's you know he's he's a director as well and he's like he will he will bring like the emotion and the serious side to things and like make that come to life and he's so great at that and on the other end, like, I'm just like this, like, crazy person who like loves doing like, you know, edgy stuff and funny stuff. And, and when you have like two of that together, like, that's how you can have like a good mix of, you know, serious and funny and, and entertaining and stuff like that. So um, that's, that's where the collaboration comes into play and, and how it benefits us. Yeah, it's just an awesome team you guys have over there together, all helping each other out and different mindsets. And I mean, that's what you need for to be successful and, you know, keep going. So it's that's awesome to hear. Yeah, man. So you got a you got a movie coming out, uh, Primrose uh, coming out this the fall, Primrose, right? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited about that one. Let's hear about it. Like, what was the how did you think of this idea? Um, well, I know I, I'd say like probably early 2017 so like early last year i knew that i wanted to write my first screenplay and i was just like like ultimately i want to write and direct movies so the only way to write and direct movies and get good at it is to write and direct a movie so i kind of like took a leap on that and it took me it probably took me like uh like a little under a year to kind of like figure out what i wanted to write about and and to put a script together and to finalize it before I started even thinking about shooting it. So that that kind of happened through like the fall of last year into early this year. Um, and then when I finally had a script that I was happy about, 
then I'm like, all right, now I have to figure out how I'm going to shoot it. So that's when I uh, started a, you know, a, a crowdfunding like Kickstarter campaign and I ended up raising, you know, close to $20,000, which was like awesome, which funded like almost all of the movie. And, um, and then after that, like this past summer, like I just, I, I mapped out like 13 days in Boston, uh, which is where I'm from. And I shot my first movie and it was, it was a fucking awesome experience. It was, it was really cool. Did you have experience on a movie set before, or are you just, you know, learning it, just reading, you know, what you can figuring out as you go kind of deal? Um, as far as a movie set, uh, no, I, so like, like, Typically uh, and traditionally, people who come up in the film industry, like out of college, like they'll they'll like come out and be like production assistants and like kind of have like really low like like entry level jobs on film sets and stuff like that. And like that's that's probably like what I should have done. And I kind of got brought into this you know crazy world of you know of touring and, and the music life, which I have no regrets. But uh, that's that's kind of like one thing where uh, I've been on big sets before, uh, but not necessarily for films. And that was kind of like the best learning experience for me was to like put a crew together and like learn how to operate a crew for like, you know, two weeks at a time, which is like a lot of work, especially when you don't have any money. So that was definitely like the best, the best learning part of all of this. Yeah. And so the movie, it's, it's about a guy who just got out of college his or it's a young guy in his twenties, his fiance just broke up with him and he doesn't know what to do with his life. Right. And then he finds out he's part of this secret party society. Yeah. And then he, he ends up living in like this party house off campus for five days. And through that process, um, it's just kind of like a, um, a commentary on, you know, like, especially nowadays when you're graduating college and like what you're expected to do and, you know, jump right into the job market and, instead of like just being, being like a irresponsible 20 year old for a couple more years. And uh, it's, it's kind of like a little touch on my life. Cause I didn't necessarily go the traditional route of getting like an office job right out of college. I kind of, you know, instead of working for someone did my own thing and it kind of worked out and I kind of got to be like, you know, young, wild and free for another eight years. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like a touch on that and just like um, just, you know, just being young and, and, and not growing up too fast is, is basically the message within the film. Yeah. I feel like you'd be miserable if you got one of those office jobs and just be <laughs> stuck going to the same place every day, especially the life you've lived. And you're, you're an energetic person and you like to get out there and get stuff done. I mean, you tell me, do you think you'd be able to do it go to some high rise and same desk, same office every day? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's day jobs come in all shapes and sizes. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, in a, in a cubicle, but, um, I think, I think definitely like I'm, I'm 30 now. So definitely like with my old age and I'm certainly craving <laughs> Your old a lot age, more though. than I used to. Yeah. It's not old 30. So I'm definitely no, no, I, you know what I mean? Though, like yeah, yeah, relative, yeah, yeah. To being a tw- relative to being a 22 year old kid out of college where, you know, I think your 20 should be spent, like, you know, having fun and ex- experimenting with things and finding out what you're passionate about and having fun. Uh, whereas now, like, I'm 30 and I'm like, all right, like, I've done all that. You know, maybe I should focus on <laughs> what most people focused on when they were 22 and, like, you know, figuring out, you know, a more direct career path or, or, or like maybe a little bit more routine. Whereas when I was 22, it's like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do, do my own thing, you know? Yeah. That's the best way to do it. And like, why not? You can, you have so much life left, so much time, do what you love, be happy. 
and I'm sure their experiences yeah. speak for themselves. Uh, <laughs> yes, awesome. I mean a lot. Yeah, the movie is just pretty much a commentary on that of like modern day expectations of of growing up and and modern day like dating and like expectations of that too. So it's definitely uh, it's I'm doing a premiere in Boston uh, after Thanksgiving, so super pumped to show it to everyone. Yeah, is it a short or is it like a longer no, movie? It's a feature film. Feature it's about film, hour and a half feature. Oh, film. Damn, yeah. that's gonna be nice. And is it gonna be up on YouTube or wh- wh- how can people watch? So uh, for the uh, for like the first couple of months, I'm just gonna go around and do uh, private premieres before I do anything, uh, just to kind of you know get people excited about it in certain cities. So I know I'm gonna be doing one in like Boston, New York, LA, maybe Orlando, um, just over the next couple of months, and then from there I'm gonna you know enter it into festivals and, and see like you know if if I can get it into any festivals around the country, and then kind of tour with it that way. And then from there, uh, I, I have to kind of make the decision how I want to distribute it. So the distribution is not going to happen for a little while because I kind of want to, you know, send it around and just see, you know, what people think about it first. And, and then I'm going to probably most likely self-distribute it, um, you know, through one of those platforms. Yeah. No, that's awesome to hear because I hear um, we've had some directors on the show and they kind of talk about like just, you know, they make kind of short movies, kind of, you know, get their, you know, vision and ideas out a little bit for people to see, and they just kind of release it out to the public. So I was just interested to see, like, how, how are you going to make this work? But I think that's a really cool, interesting way to do it. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do it. I'm just not that familiar with the film industry. But, I mean, yeah, I hope to watch it. You know, it's, it sounds hilarious, and it's kind of like a more modern-day, um, what's it called, that college movie that everyone always talks about. Uh Animal House? Animal House, yes, 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 yes. It's like a modern-day <laughs> Animal House, it kind of sounds like, so I'm excited yeah, to watch definitely it. Some parale- yeah, I'd say there's definitely some parallels to that movie. Um, one of my favorite movies growing up was Old School about Will Ferrell oh, yeah. and uh, Vince Vaughn. Like, so there's some parallels to that movie and a bunch of others, you know, like, and, and just, like, obviously stuff from my own life is kind of sprinkled in there as well. Yeah, I mean, it's your movie. You can do whatever you want with it, right? So. That's yeah, man. <laughs> um, so before you know, we wrap things up. What's it like? Uh, because you guys have four people living in your house. What's it like? You know, it's you, Mike, Fader. You said and Blue. No, actually, Fader. Fader's still uh, outside of Boston, oh, okay. still on the East Coast. Uh, this house is uh, uh, Mike, Blue, myself. Um, Patty's living with us now, and um, and of course our buddy Versace, who is who is. Uh, <laughs> who's kind of like our glue out here uh, and kind of keeps everything in check out here. Um, he's, uh, he's uh, from Iowa and he's, he moved here about a year ago um, to kind of, you know, like manage and keep us all alive out here. So it's, it's the five of us uh, living in this house now. out in LA. What's it like living with a, uh, you know, a bunch of other people in LA. You guys are just following your dreams. It's, it's like a modern day entourage type yeah, I was, I was just gonna say that, and like everyone says that when, like, especially when they see our show, and like, especially when they see us out here. I mean, like, we, like, I, I cannot stress enough how close our lives are to the the show Entourage. It's like it's it's spooky, uh, and but instead of being New York guys like they are in Entourage, we're you know Boston guys and and New England guys. So it's like. It's it's like <laughs> I, I could write a whole nother book about like <laughs> the things I've experienced here, you know, like obviously we become like really good and dear friends with Post Malone. Like he's just been over the house playing beer pong like every once in a while. And 
Um, and like, you know, it's just to like walk through your house and see stuff like that happen. It's like, you kind of have to take a step back and be like, holy shit. Like, this is like, I, like a couple months ago, like I was, <laughs> this is another funny story. A couple months ago, like I was on a double date with Niall from one direction. And like, <laughs> I, it just, it, it's like, like, how did that happen? Like, well, you have to, you have to read my book when it comes out, but, um, like, like stuff like that doesn't just happen. Like if you live in other places. So like, <laughs> I was just like, it, LA is just, is LA. And if you're in the entertainment industry out here, like, you know, you're, you're susceptible to like undergo some really weird things and like really surprising and fun things. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, like entourage, but I feel like it's a better version of it. You guys don't have to deal with you know, a label or directors or an agent, really. You guys just do your own shit, do whatever you want. No one's telling you what to do and, you know, just living the life, man. It's everyone's dream. Yeah, no, it's it's been great. We've been out here for uh, going on like three years now or over three years. So it's been it's been pretty wild out here. I'm not going to lie, though. I miss the East Coast. I miss it a lot. Yeah. Um, everyone, yeah, you miss home for a little bit, but I'm sure once you got home for a little bit, you'd miss L.A. then. It's just, it's your roots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, b- before here, I lived in New York city for like five years and like, man, like if you can, if you can like weather the storm of living in a city like that, like it's, it's the best fucking city to live in. It's, it's fucking awesome. New York over LA. Uh, yeah, it, but dude, like LA, like, don't get me wrong. Like LA is like the easiest like living you can possibly have. Like <laughs> as far as being like relaxed and like, your mind being in the right place and not being stressed out. And like, that's why everyone out here is always talking about like energy and vibes and like shit like that. Cause it's like, yeah, that's what it is out here. It's just like, it's always sunny. It never fucking rains. No one has any fucking problems. Like it's just, it's yeah. just like, it's just like, it's always 80 and sunny every fucking day. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, especially if you're well off like us, like it's a great fucking place to live. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, man, uh, thank you so much for your time. We've been talking for a while and you know, I'm sure you got things to do. Uh, it was great, you know, letting us into your life for a little bit and, you know, do you want yeah. to plug anything? Like what's next for you at, you know, I know you got the movie coming out. Is there any other projects that we should be looking forward to? Uh, yeah, I mean, in the near process, in the near, uh, sorry, in the near future, we have, um, I think on, I think tomorrow we have our new video coming out. The one I mentioned with, uh, Mike partying with a bunch of old ladies in a, in a mansion. So I think, uh, keep, keep a lookout for that. It's called high hopes. Um, the song's probably going to come out first, but the video is going to be soon to follow. Hopefully, coming out tomorrow. So, everyone should keep a lookout for that. It's, it's, it's personally one of my favorite videos we shot in a long time. So, I think everyone will really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Well, thank you so much. No problem, dude. Thanks for having right. me. I hope you all enjoyed the episode as much as I did. If you haven't checked out Mike Sud's new music video, High Hopes, go check it out on YouTube. It's funnier than I expected. Uh, one last thing before we sign off, we redid our website to match our agenda and personality more. We also have some new merch up there. The tees are really cool. They have the American flag on the front left of the tees and on the back, Alpha Omnia is spelled down the spine. They are 100% cotton, so they are very soft and comfortable and you get these in white or black. We also added gray heather and black crewnecks. Since it's fall, I wanted to add something warm for you all and decided on these crewnecks when designing them we wanted to make sure that the sleeves were long enough so they didn't ride up your arm when you started moving around and i wanted the bottom of the crewnecks to fit tight around the waist i personally hate when crewnecks or sweatshirts are loose on the bottom because i think it just looks bad looks sloppy and they have a big ao on the front you know symbolizing alpha omnia they're great to wear you know to work if you can have kind of a more casual setting at work uh, out to a bar with your friends you know if you're running groceries errands 
just around the house. If you're going to buddy's place, like, you know, they're perfect fit. They're super comfortable. I really like it. I've been wearing mine every day for the last two weeks. It's just, and they look cool, you know. It's nice to have a nice fitted piece of clothing that's comfortable and makes you feel confident in it too. So we offer free shipping on all U.S. orders. So as long as you live in the U.S., you'll have the option to get free shipping. And it usually takes two to three business days to get to you. And if you want these, you know, next day, like I get them, you know, Monday, I want the Tuesday. You do have that option. You just have to pay for it. So check it all out on our website, www.alphaomnia.com. And we also have more detailed descriptions of our guests on there and some of their content. If you're interested in, you know, digging a little bit deep and you can also, you know, take a dive into their work. I have all their links up there, you know, whether it's Instagram, their websites or YouTube, whatever they had asked me to, you know, link for their description. Thanks for listening to the Alpha Omni Podcast. People talking, nobody make it up. Take it to Chicago, they gon' put your cheek up. I bet you're not the keeping that you say you want. <laughs> Run it on the highway, I need a red carpet on my driveway. I'm a monster, heard it midway. Put your way, I do this shit my way. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. All my body and soul. I need all your energy, I need you to believe. All my body and soul. Go, I need all your energy, I need you to believe. I've been got it. Baby, fear the bounce. I got it from my mama. Uh. Fear the bounce. I got it from my mama. Uh. Someone bless me. I got the holy water. Feel it through your body. Your medulla. I've been got it. Baby, fear the bounce. I got it from my mama. Uh. Got it from my mama. Uh. Yeah. Got it from my mama. Uh. Yeah. Love so big that they call me Big Pop. Outbreak kid, yeah, they call me Show Stop. Dick so big that my bitch got popped. White skinny kid, but they call me Don Don. This all me. I ain't get it from my father. If you thirsty, I got the holy water. Tell the streets, call the priest, take your friends, take your mama. I got a holy water, hey, dig it to the beat Like an info, do it in the sheets I can do this all week, love it so much I do it for the free, when my heart feel the beat It's like a new pair of Jordans just dropped in the streets Run it on the highway I need a red carpet On my driveway, I'm a monster Heard it midway, put your way I do this shit my way I need all your energy, I need you to believe All my body and soul I need all your energy, I need you to believe All my body and soul I need all your energy, I need you to believe Divine gift does not come from a higher power. It's from our own power.